Father, we thank you for your word. Oh, how we need your, a fresh word from you. And so today, open our ears, open our eyes, open our mind. Give us willing hearts, not only to hear, but motivate us, Lord God, to put shoes and action to your word and put it into practice. Because you say it is only in doing that we blessed. So speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. And um, help us to navigate the truth of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I, I want to bring a message, a practical message to you that will bless your heart. We are in part 13 of our 15-part survey of the book of James. Uh, more than a survey, it is a study. We're really drilling down, taking our time and allowing God to speak to us. And so today I want to talk to you about patience. The benefits and the blessings of patience. Patience. The when, the why, and the how of patience to be blessed by God. Now, see if you agree with this. See if you agree with this, right? That a lot of our life we will spend waiting, right? As a little kid, we can't wait to start school, isn't that? Then we can't wait to get out of school, right? Then we cannot wait to fall in love and get married. And then we can't wait when we get married to have kids and be a parent. Uh, and then we, we can't wait to retire. We spend all our life waiting. Life is a sequence of waiting. Would you agree with that? Now, uh, there are so many things in life that test our patience. How about this? I looked it up, right? I looked down on the internet. Highway traffic, right? You're in a traffic, you want to go somewhere, traffic is bogged down. It tests your patience, doesn't that? I know it tests mine. How about following behind somebody on the speed lane and they are taking their sweet time? I mean, really going like 30 miles per hour on the highway on a speed lane, right? You wonder what, what's happening. And there is this big gap in front of them. That would test your patience, isn't that, right? Uh, how about this? OCD, right? O dealing with obsessive, impulsive disorder friends or family members. Like everything has to be just pristine, pristine right it's like you sit here no 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 don't sit here no don't cross your leg no remove this from here it's like oh my gosh can i just breathe <laughs> ocd people it really tests your, your patience doesn't that right how about when you are in front of the grocery line or in a store and someone in front of you gets very very chatty with the checkout person I mean, you hear them talking about their grandchildren and their vacation and the weather and theirs, and it's like, can you tell this person to move on? <laughs> it, it, it can get, it can test your patience, right? Uh, so, so life is, is uh, and, and, and how about dealing with irritating people, people who are just irritating, people who are just annoying, people who are just testy. How about this? How about this? And I, and I listen, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to get you to feel bad. How about this? How about going to the bathroom and, and someone didn't flush the toilet. How about that? Does it really get you testy? Does it get you upset about that? <laughs> right? Really test your patience. We hate to wait. Right? That's the point of that. This is the now generation. We don't like to wait. Now, have you also noticed this? Have you noticed that the more expensive restaurant that you, you go to, the, the longer you have to wait? Right? There are actually five different waits when you go to a restaurant. You wait in the waiting area to get a seat. Then after you've waited to get a seat, what happens? You have to wait to get the menu, even when you know what to order. 
then what happens? You got to wait for them to come back to take your order, right? <laughs> then you have to then wait after you've placed the order for your food to come back to you at the table, <laughs> right? Then after you're done eating, you want to get up and leave, but guess what? You can't leave because you have to wait to be able to get what? The check to pay for it. Any reason why they call the staff their waiter or waitress? It's like, wait. <laughs> so today we're going to be looking at what the Apostle James tells us about waiting. How we can enjoy the benefits of patience, the when, the why, and the how of patience so that we can be blessed. It's a fascinating portion of scripture, and the reason this is important is because if you want to be successful in life, you must develop and practice patience. Do you agree with that? Every successful thing came through the element of waiting, of patience. You need patience in every area of your life. So let's just jump into this amazing, amazing passage of scripture and then let's unpack these truths. Up on the screen, right there on your sermon outline. For those of you who love going online, go on favoritelife.org. Uh, Sunday service, you see all the scriptures and the key points right there. Let's jump right into it. James 5, beginning from verse 7 to 12. It says, Be patient then, my friends. Until the Lord comes, see how patient farmers, as they wait for their land to produce precious crops. They wait patiently for the autumn and spring rains, so also you must be patient. Keep your hopes high, for the day of the Lord's coming is near. Do not complain against one another, my friends, so that God will not judge you. The judge is near, ready to appear. My friends... Remember the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Take them as examples of patient endurance on the suffering. We call them happy because they endured. You have heard of Job's patience and you know how the Lord provided for him in the end. For the Lord is full of mercy and compassion. Amen. In this short passage of scripture, my good friends, of about, of, of, of about five uh, verses... The Apostle James uses the word patience or weight or endurance nine times. And if you've been here in this church, you've heard me say over and over again, one way to understand the passage of Scripture is one, one way is to look at the key words, words that are emphasized or repeated. Nine times in five small uh, verses, James says, be patient, wait, endure. And he uses three different illustrations to teach us when to wait, why we ought to be patient, and how to be patient. Now, the reason this is important is that learning to be patient is a hard lesson in life. We don't grow up as babies being patient, right? And sometimes if we don't learn those lessons as adults going into our senior years, we will carry impatience with us and as a result, miss out on great benefits, great blessings that, that God has in store for us. And so James, very methodically, in a very, <laughs> very insightful way, shows us why and how to develop patience. So let's jump right into it. James is, isn't saying we have to be patient all the time. He's not saying we have to be patient all the time. But he says there are three special times when you need that extra dose of patience when dealing with circumstances, dealing with people, and then dealing with problems. When dealing with circumstances that are beyond your control, dealing with people that 
are hard to get along and then dealing with problems that you don't understand and can't handle that yourself, right? So let's look at it. Here's where we need an extra dose, extra dose of patience so that we don't miss out on God's blessing for us to be blessed, right? Be patient when circumstances are what? Uncontrollable. One more time. Be patient when circumstances are uncontrollable. Have you figured out that a lot of life is beyond your control? <laughs> you can't keep your thumb on everything, can you? And James uses, he uses the farmer as an example of when circumstances are, under, are, are uncontrollable. Look at verse 7, verse 7 of our text, James 5. He says what? Be patient then, my friends, until the Lord's coming. See how patient farmers are as they wait for their land to produce precious crops. And he tells us that part of the job description of a farmer is they do a lot of waiting. Right? You got to wait to till the land. You can't just go and till the land at any time. It's the right time to till the land. Then you've got to wait to plant the seeds. Then you've got to wait to prune. Then you've got to wait to be able to harvest. There's a lot of factors in waiting. Yet more than the factors of waiting also, there are things to be done while you are waiting. And these are the factors that the farmer cannot control in their life. Right? They can't control the weather. They can't control when the rain is going to come in and how strong or how soft the rain is going to be. They can't control the heat. They can't control the economy. Right? They have to deal with a lot of uncontrollable situations. They cannot control the customer demand and what kind of profit they're going to get from their crop. Right? They can't. And so James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is teaching us this, that, that there are a lot of things in life that are uncontrollable. And so you've got to learn to be patient when things are outside of your control. Other than that, guess what? Impatience will move you off the skids and miss out on what God has in store for you. Now, have you realized that if you don't learn this lesson, what happens is this, that when you realize that the situation is beyond your control, what do you do? You press on the gas and you try to control what's uncontrollable. And guess what? You move yourself from the frying pan to the fire. You, get a, you, you move from a hard situation to perhaps a desperate situation because you don't know that, hey, I can't control this. I can't control this person. I can't control the circumstance. I can't control the weather. I can't control the traffic. I can't control what's happening right now. Therefore, what? I need to be patient. We need to have patience in incontrollable situations. Next also, next also, when should I have extra dose of patience is this. We've got to be patient when people are what? Unchangeable and uncooperative. How many of you know that you can't control people? Quit trying to control people. If, I mean, even a baby, at some point, you realize very, very early that I can't control my baby. You say, I love this baby. I love this baby. They'll do whatever they say. Tough luck. Right? Moms, you know that, right? I mean, grandparents, you know that, right? <laughs> Uh, so when people are uncontrollable and people can't, don't want to change, don't, don't, don't sweat it. Don't, don't blow a gasket. Don't, don't, don't get overheated. It's, you, you, you're going to mess your life up because you, you are not a cop of the world. You are not the judge. You're not a controller of people. When people are unchangeable and uncontrollable, you've got to be patient. And James teaches us this. Look at this. Look at, look at verse, 10, verse 10. He says, brothers and sisters, follow the example of the prophets who spoke for the Lord. They suffered many hard things because they were patient. And he uses the example of the prophet. He says, follow the example. They suffered many hard things. They were patient. Their job was to speak the truth to people. Their job was to encourage people to repent. Their job was to pr pray for people. And how hard-headed, how hard-headed the God's people were, and we are today. 
And it says, learn that example. They, 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 the prophets didn't get upset. They didn't quit preaching the word of God. They didn't quit praying for people. They didn't quit speaking the truth of God's word to people. He says, learn that example. That when people are difficult and people are unchanging and people are uncooperative, like the prophets who were sent to preach the word of God, you got to be patient. And if you're not patient with people, guess what's happened? You're going to mess your own life. I mean, what you're doing is wrong, but your impatience has gotten you to do a wrong thing that has what? Messed up your life. And so you got to be patient. You got to be patient. Now, the word patience, the word patience in Greek, it means refusing to retaliate. It means long-tempered. It means long fuse. In other words, God's saying, don't blow a fuse. Don't blow a, 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 a gasket quickly on the slight provocation. Don't get overheated with people. And if you're going to have success with people, if you're going to be a success as a parent, if you're going to be, be a successful spouse, if you're going to have success with your kids, with your grandkids, with your family members, with your church members, with your customers, with your co-workers, with people, even with pets, you've got to learn patience. And so when people are unchanging and unresponsive and when people are uncooperative, what do you do? God is saying, I didn't send you to change people. You are responsible for who? You. Right? Hello? The, you, the, the, that's your brother. That's your sister. That's your mom. That's your dad. That's your uncle. That's your aunt. But you, God says, you are not what, responsible for another person. Glory. The, the, everyone is responsible for themselves. And so when, they, when people are not changing, you can help them. You can try to advise them. You can pray for them. But that's, that's where it stops. Don't blow a gasket because you're going to miss out on God's blessing for your life. Now, the third, the third reason that God tells us, why, when should I be patient? Be patient when circumstances are uncontrollable. Be patient when people are unchanging and are difficult and won't cooperate with you. Thirdly, also, when should I be patient? Uh, James, in spite of his prayer, says, what? be patient when problems are what? unexplainable. And the classic example he gives us is what? Job. So first, he gives us the example of the farmer, then the prophets. Now he says, look at Job. Look at uh, James 5.11. He says, you have heard of who? Job's patience. You've heard of who? Job's patience. And Job played in the Super Bowl of suffering, right? And he won the championship. He was the wealthiest man that ever lived. He had everything going for him in a two-day period. Everything fell apart. In 48 hours, everything fell apart in the life of Job. He went bankrupt. All his children were murdered. He got an incurable, deadly disease that was very, very painful. And if you think you've had problems in your in life, if you're having a rough day, in two days, Job lost his family, his friends, his finances. Family, friends, finances. He suffered materially, suffered physically, suffered socially, suffered financially, suffered mentally. He talks about, he says, I'm going crazy. I've lost my mind in the book of Job. Over and over, he mentions that. He suffered in every kind of way. And God allowed the devil to take away everything in his life except for a nagging wife. Sometimes we need that, don't we? 
And the worst part of Job's suffering was that he had absolutely no idea, absolutely no idea why he was suffering. There was no human explanation why this guy was going through what he did. For 37 chapters in the book of Job, God didn't even talk to Job. It was just Job who was just bloviating, talking, his friends talking, 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 and the heavens were silent. No, no single reason why I'm going through what I'm going through. When you ask the question, why me? He says, be patient when, when, when problems are unexplainable. You're trying to get ahead in life, and the harder you try, sometimes life throws you a curveball. There are difficult situations that pop up. Problems where you don't know where it came from. Delays that all of a sudden come in. It seems like you are standing at the longest stop light in your life. This is when God says, I want you to exercise what? Patience. Life is not fair. Who said life is fair? Who said everybody goes through life the easy way? Nobody said that. Jesus said in this life, you're going to have problems. So why me? Why not you? Guess what? Even when you think your problems are worse, somebody is going through a far difficult problem than you've ever experienced in your life. Do you believe that? There are some people today who will take all your problems and still rejoice in that because they are going through the washing machine and still haven't gotten out of it. They have been really, 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 I mean, life is just hitting them left, right, front, and center in all directions. And so he says when problems are unexplainable, we've got to be what? Be patient. So when do we need an extra dose of patience when circumstances are uncontrollable, when people are unchangeable and uncooperative, and when my problems are what? Unexplainable. So why should I be patient? What's the reason why? What should I hold on? What is it that God wants me to hold on as a rational reason when, when all these things are happening? I should be patient. You've got to be patient for reason number one. What? Because God is in control. Why? God is in control. So, some say God is what? In control. Tell somebody, you've got to be patient because God is in control. Be patient when your circumstances are uncontrollable. When the people around you that you love and care are unchanging. <laughs> when your problems are unexplainable, you got to be patient. Why? Because God is in control. Look at this amazing portion of scripture. <laughs> Amen. James 5, 8, it says, You also must be patient. Keep your hopes high. For the day of the Lord is coming is near. Tell somebody, keep your hopes high. Keep your hopes high. Keep your hopes high. Don't give up. Don't get discouragement and disappointment. Become your food. Keep your hopes high. Somebody tell me that. Pastor, keep your hopes high. You keep your hopes high. Why? Because God says so. Keep your hopes high. Why? Because the day of the Lord's coming is near. And three times in this passage, in these five verses that we've, 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 we are looking at, James says the Lord's coming is near. He says that Jesus is coming back. And this is the ultimate proof that God is in control, that your problems are not in control. People are not in control. Circumstances beyond your control are not in charge of your life. Jesus is coming back. It says this is the proof, proof reason why you ought to be patient and know that God is in control. Nothing can stop Jesus coming back. Nothing stopped him from coming in as a, as a child, as a baby in the first place. Everybody was trying to stop Jesus from coming, including Herod, killing all the babies. Everything else that was standing in the way didn't happen, didn't stop him. He still came, and when he's coming back again, nothing will stop him. And what it means is that God is in control of history. He's in control of your life, past, present, and future. That the rest of your life has been, has been managed and controlled by Almighty God as a child of God. And so, guess what? Chill! Chill! Be patient! He's got it all planned out. Everything! 
everything is on schedule even your mistakes God is working things out for your good and so be patient about that glory to God you say, Pastor Mike, you don't understand. Things are getting late. A thousand years is about one day in the sight of God when others have not been able to accomplish in their lifetime, in a whole generation. Before you close your eyes to this world, what God has for you, it shall come to pass. And so guess what? Be patient. Glory to God. And understand that God's purpose for your life is greater than your problems that you're facing right now. What he has in store for you is far bigger, far better than the problems that you're going through. God is in control. Say that with me. God is in control. The Phillips translation of the verse that we looked at says this way. James 5.8. I love this portion of scripture. It says what? So you must be patient. Rest in your hearts on the ultimate certainty. The Lord's coming is very near. History. The calendar. The schedule. Everything is on track. God. God will be a winner in your life. And this ultimate certainty that Jesus is coming, guess what? Nothing can stop it. And so therefore, every plan, every purpose is made for your life. It shall come to pass. So therefore, be patient. <laughs> be patient. Job persevered. God's timing is the best. He's never late. Some of you may be experiencing delays right now, but God's delays, God's delays never hinders his purpose. So why should I be patient? Be patient because, number one, God is in control. Number two, be patient because what? God rewards patience. One more time. God rewards patience. Do you know that everything, everything that God wants you to do, he attaches a blessing to it? He attaches a result, a reward to it. Every act of obedience that God wants you to obey and comply, there is a reward attached to that. So when God says be patient, he's looking for you to obey his word so that you are not going on a left field. You are not short-fused. You are not frustrated and irritated and doing something out of line of God so that God cannot use you. Because when you are patient, then God can use you to be able to accomplish what he has in store for you for your good and for his glory. So I will bless you because now you are following me so that I can use you to be able to accomplish my purpose for my glory and for your good. Obedience equals reward. Obedience equals profit. Obedience equals blessing. Glory to Almighty God. And so God says, James 5, 11, we consider those who endure to be what? Blessed. Another word for endure is what? Patient. Those who wait and hang in there. Those who don't get short fuse. Those who say, I can't I, I can stand this no more. I'm going to go do something else. He says, you're going to miss your blessing. Because when you are patiently enduring and waiting for God, glory to come through in your life, there is a blessing in the waiting. There is a blessing in exercising patience. Am I preaching to somebody today? Glory to Almighty God. God rewards patience. We talked about Job. The second half of Job's life was far more blessed than the first half. God doubled everything he had. It pays to be patient. There are all kinds of rewards that come through patience. Right? The first is your character is built through patience. Your character grows through patience. Right? 
You are able to get along with people when you are a patient person. Impatient people can't get along with people. They can't get along with their children, can't get along with their family, can't get along with their spouse, can't get along with their neighbors, their family members, they can't get along with their church members. Impatient people can't get along with their customers. They can't get along with anybody in life. Glory, yes, yes. You, you, you get along with people when you are patient because nobody is like you. And to be able to collaborate, cooperate, and have a peaceful, loving relationship with people, you got to be a patient person. So it, it, there's a blessing in patience. It builds your character, helps you get along with other people. You are a happier person when you are patient because life is not fair. Before the day, the month, the year ends, something is going to happen to you that you're not going to like. Right? If you are impatient, you'll be the most miserable person when those days come around. So, so patient people are happier people. Tell somebody, patient people are what? happier people. Impatient people are miserable people. Today, somebody is miserable. You want to look them in the face and say, why, why are you just miserable? Why are you so unhappy? That's it? Marriage problem? You bust a tie? Your co-workers can get along with you? People in your church don't like you? That's it? You got car problems? That's it? Your kid, your kid can cooperate with you. When you tell them to do something, wash, they just clean their room. They don't clean their room. And so you are mad, you are upset, you can't handle life anymore. Really? That's it. That, that's it. That's it. Impatient people are miserable people. And so when God says you're going to be blessed when you endure, when you exercise patience, it is a character development strategy. It is, it is a way. Amen. It's a relationship building strategy. Glory to Almighty God. You get blessed because patient people are adaptable. When life squeezes them, they don't buckle. When the pressures come in, oh my Lord. When life gives them a lemon, they make a lemonade out of it. When problems come their way, they take their problems, glory to God, and they learn the lessons that come from problems. How many of you have been a better person because of your problems? You are matured in life because of You are a wiser person. You have been blessed by God because of the hardship that you went through. When somebody squeezes them, glory to Almighty God. Oh, that's an opportunity for growth and development. Oh, glory to God. It says, you're going to be blessed when you practice patience, when you endure. A lot of benefits. I'm being a patient person. But the benefits is not just for this world also. You get a two-for. Two. It's a two-for-one sale. <laughs> You're patient and you get two blessings in that. Buy one, get one free. Look at this amazing portion of scripture. Oh, Matthew 5, 11 to 12, Jesus is speaking. <laughs> Read that with me. He says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say, oh! of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it and be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Two blessings. You say, Pastor Mike, I'm being persecuted. They lied against me. All sorts of evil is happening in my way, right? All sorts. You name it. Fill in the blanks. Use your imagination. And Jesus says, oh, be happy and glad about it. <laughs> All sorts of evil happen. Jesus says, be happy and glad about it. Why? Number one is because it says, God will bless you. There is a blessing in being patient. There's a blessing in enduring. There's a blessing in obeying God. There's a blessing in not becoming like your enemy, becoming like your adversary. Be be, 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 be. God will bless you when you're patient. In this lifetime, it says, not only that also, a great reward, that's what awaits you where? In heaven. You see the two blessings there. 
When people put you down, they criticize you, be patient because you're going to get a blessing here on earth and in heaven. Now, it's, it's, this ought to ring a bell to you. This ought to really be locked in your heart because as humans, it's our natural tendency that when you get hurt, you want to get even, right? It's our natural tendency that we want to retaliate. We want to get revenge. We want to take matters into our own hands. When you have a girlfriend or boyfriend that says, go, come with me. Let me go over and, and talk something to this, talk sense to this person. You say, no, I'm not coming with you and you shouldn't be going. Talk them out of it. Hello? <laughs> Don't find that flame. Don't throw kerosene on that fire. Right? They are telling you about all the mean things they're going to do to their kid because this child is disobedient. What they're going to do to their spouse because things are not working at home. What they're going to be doing to their co-workers because how mean they are. Don't throw kerosene. Over. Don't push them over the edge. That's not a good friend. Or somebody who is really it doesn't have wisdom. Don't do that. Because God says when you get criticized, don't criticize back. When you get insulted, don't insult back. While revenge and retaliation are the natural things to do, we sing a song, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Listen, you, you, you are changed. You are not where you came from. You are not what the folk around you used to do. You don't belong to this world. You live after kingdom principles, kingdom lifestyle. And James is saying, act opposite than the way of this world. And so he says, the next time somebody criticizes you, before you strike back, think about this. Think about this. Is it worth losing your blessing on this world? God says, God blesses those who, when they get persecuted and all evil things happen to them, they don't strike back. Is it worth losing your blessing in this world? Or better yet... <laughs> Is it worth losing the great reward that awaits you in heaven? That great reward that is not just for a year or five years or ten years or two hundred years. That great reward is for thousands and millions and eternity that will go on. Is it worth? Is it worth this big enchilada? This big enchilada that is waiting for you. Glory to God in heaven, in heaven forever and ever and ever. Is it worth it? Fighting back, retaliating, pain, evil with evil. Is that worth it? No, it's not worth it. We will say it. So we need to be patient. Why do we need to be patient? One, we need to be patient. Why? Because God is in control. We need to be patient because there's a great reward waiting for us. God rewards patience. A third reason why we ought to be patient is for what? what we are patient because what? God is working things out. They're not getting off easy. You think they are. They think they are, but they're not getting off easy. God is working it out. Somebody say that with me. God is getting... God will work it out. Let God work it out. And how many of you know that God can fight your battles better than you yourself? God can deal with your adversaries, your enemies. God can deal with the people who try to get better. And so be patient. Be patient. Don't take it in your own hands. You will mess things up. Let God deal with the problem. God is working it out. And oftentimes, my brother, my sister, behind the scenes, when you don't see it and don't know it, God is at work. God is at work. Look at what James teaches us in this amazing portion of scripture. I, I mean, are you loving this amazing portion? Look at verse 11. Verse 11 be James 5. He says what? You have heard of Job's patience. And you know how the Lord provided for him in the end. For the Lord is full of mercy and compassion. 
And it says, God worked it out for Job. He'll work it out for you too. Well, Job didn't know what was happening. You may not know what, what, what's happening. You, you, you don't know what's happening. In that family situation, in that marriage situation, in that job situation, in that interaction where people think that they are stepping over you to get ahead, you don't see and don't know, but you, God is working it out. He's working it out. And it says, you know that the Lord provided for him in the end. You know he provided that. You know it, it, he's the same yesterday and today forever. He, that the reason the Job story is in the Bible so we know how God operates, how God works. What he did for Job, he'll do for you. So in your current situation, you should know. You should know that the Lord will provide for you in the end. The Lord will come through for you in the end. Somebody, somebody, I might preach it to myself right now. The Lord, you should know it. You should know it. What persecution is going on, hardship is going on, difficult people are thinking that they are getting away. They are squeezing you to get ahead in life. You should know that the Lord will come through for you in the end. You should know it. And the reason you should know it is because for the Lord is full of mercy and compassion. You see that? Mercy means that God will not treat you with what you deserve. If you know the people think that you deserve it, you deserve to suffer, you deserve to hustle all your life, you deserve all that is coming to you, you say, hey, 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 be patient, be patient, be patient. God will work it out because God is not like your friend. God is not like your boss. God is not your neighbor. God is not like any human being. God is not like your pastor. God is full of mercy. God is full of mercy. Mercy means he won't treat you with what you deserve. Mercy means he will treat you better than you deserve. God is full of mercy. And is full of compassion. Compassion is the highest level of outreach that anyone can outreach to somebody. First, there is sympathy, and then there's empathy, and then there's compassion. Oh, sympathy means that I can understand what you're feeling. I've heard what you're going through. Oh boy, I mean, such is life, isn't that? I can understand that. Sympathy. Empathy means that I feel what you're going through. What you're going through hurts my heart. What you're going through, I've been struggling. I've been struggling with that. It's felt like I'm going through the same also. What, what my child, my spouse, my pastor, my friend, my neighbor, my coworker, my, my family member is going through is hurtful, it's painful. When I remember that, it makes me sad. That's empathy. And some people are gifted with that. You see them crying. You see them shaking when something bad has happened to people. There's empathy, but it says God is not, it's not only full of, uh, of, of sympathy, not only full of sympathy, not only full of empathy. God is also full of what? Compassion. And compassion is go, it goes beyond sympathy, goes beyond empathy. Compassion means I'm now moved, moved to fix it, moved to help you, moved to step in and cause your suffering to come to an end. That is compassion. And the Lord is full of mercy and compassion. Beyond sympathy, beyond empathy, he is full of compassion. Therefore, therefore, you gotta be patient that he will work it out. He sees your suffering. He sees your bed. He heard what they are saying and thinking about you. And the anger of people will not prevail. The pride and the jealousy and the, and the and, and envy of people will never come to pass in your life. Because God is full of what? Mercy and compassion. And so be patient. 
He says, you have heard, you have heard of Job's patience and you know how the Lord provided for him in the end. In the end. You ought to learn about the difference between no and not yet. Many times we think no. We think not yet means no. And we got every situation you're going through that God hasn't solved right now. God hasn't said no to you. He said not yet. Because his timing is the best. He's working something out. You may not see it. You may not know it. The reason it hasn't happened today, the reason people are, are, are getting ahead of you and stepping over your neck and trying to persecute you is not because that God is silent, not because God is weak to defend you, but the right time is coming. He says, you know how in the end it worked out for Job. Now you say, how long did Job suffer? We don't know the exact time. But the Bible gives us a little hint. It gives us a little glimpse of it. Job himself tells us, look at this. Job, Job, verse 7 and 3. Read that with me. I too, Job is speaking, have been assigned months of futility and long and weary nights of misery. He says months. The word months could mean periods. It could mean seasons. We know it wasn't a short time because it says long and weary nights. And so this wasn't just a two-day event or three-day event or one-week event or one-month event. It was long and it was months and it was season. And he went through the ringer on and on and on and on and on. On and on and on and on and on. But what happened? What happened? You have heard of Job's patience. And you know that the Lord provided for him in the end. In the end. It's not how you begin, but how you end. It's not how you begin. Somebody, 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 somebody. Oh, walk out. Your glory, your blessing will supersede your pain. Your laughter, your joy will be far sweeter than the pain. God will cause you to forget your mystery with a blessing that's coming behind your suffering. Oh, I'm appreciative of myself today. That's why you gotta be patient. That's why you gotta hang in there. That's why you gotta give it to God. He's in control. He's in control. Oh, my, I'm appreciative today to myself. Mine, oh, mine, oh, mine, oh, mine, oh, mine. Delay never means denial. Tell somebody, a delay never means denial. You will taste of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Because just like Job, we know that God provided for him in the end. So let me prophesy over your life. God will provide for you in the end in Jesus' name. Yeah, Jesus speaking. Read with me, John 13, 7. Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. You should be patient because God is working it out. Why? Because even when nothing is happening, as a child of God, you should know that what something is happening. He says, You don't see it. You don't understand it. Your puny little mind cannot rationalize what's happening. But I'm doing something. Right? And someday, 
<laughs> you'll see it. So he says, be patient. I'm working it out. Oh, look at what Paul also tells us in Philippians 2.13. God is what? Always at work. God is what? One more time. Let that always ring in your mind. God is what? God is what? So right now, what is God doing? He's what? Always at work. He's at work in you to make you willing and able to obey his own purposes. God is molding and bending and fixing. And he is getting you in line so that your life will be a recipient. Your life would correspond to his good, perfect, pleasing purpose for your life. I will be patient because God is always working it out. Even though you don't see it. Don't be impatient. Don't get overheated. Leave it to God. A famous portion of scripture. This is one, this is one of my life verses. I encourage you to, to memorize that. Look at Romans 8.28. We know. Not we think. Not we hope. We what? <laughs> you ought to know this. We know. That what? In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, those who have been called according to his purposes. We sang a church song, you've been chosen, you've been called by God. You are one of God, so you're called according to God's purpose. So what is happening in your life right now? God is working all things for your good. So therefore, be patient. He's working things out. In every situation of your life, be patient. So when do I need to be patient? Extra dose of patience need to be applied exercise in my life when circumstances are uncontrollable, when people are unchangeable, and when problems are unexplainable. You need patience. Why? 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 Because God is in control. He rewards patience, and he's always working things out for my good. So let me close on this. Why should I, how should I be patient while I'm waiting on God? What's the Bible definition of patience? What should I be doing? What is it that I do that God sees that I'm patient? First, James uses the example of, of the farmer. We ought to what? wait expectantly. Wait in hope. How many of you know that hope, amen, produces joy? Hope produces patience. Hope gets you fired up. Hope doesn't look at what happened in the past. Doesn't look at what's going on in your life. Hope looks ahead. A better day is coming. Something good will come my way. This is not the end of things. And so we've got to be what? Waiting in expectation. Look what he tells us. Verse 7, James 5. Read that with me. He says what? Be patient then, my friends, until the Lord comes. See how patient farmers as they wait for their land to produce precious crops. They wait patiently for the autumn and spring rains. What are they waiting for? They are waiting for what? Precious crops. They are not waiting for their farm to get burnt up. They are not waiting for animals to come and eat their crops. They are not waiting for worms. So they are waiting for what? A precious crop. They are waiting for what? 
the rains to come. <laughs> they are patient, they are what? They are waiting for something good to come out of their current situation. Even though it's not visible in the naked eye, they are waiting. So what should I be doing by waiting? Wait for a better day. Wait for a turnaround. Wait for your miracle. Wait for your breakthrough. Wait for your change to come. Glory to Almighty God. When somebody asks you what's happening, don't just confess defeat. Don't just talk about your problems, but end by saying that it will turn around. But God will make a way. But something good will come out of this. Glory to Almighty God. Wait expectantly. Expect that something good will happen to you that God is not finished with you. If God were finished with you, you would have breathed your, your, your last last night. You would not be sitting here listening to this message. Because if God is through with you, there's no good that will ever come out of your life from God. God will call you home. But you are alive because there are so blessings to be had. Breakthroughs to come your way. Wonders to come out of your life. And so what? Wait expectantly. Get ready. Now, how do we wait expectantly? Just like the farmer. What is the farmer doing while he's waiting? Oh, the farmer is getting ready. He's cleaning out the barns. The farmer is packing up his stacks, all his containers that he's going to put the crops in. The farmer is out there lining up customers, letting them know that, hey, you know what, by the end of the year, my, my, my corn is going to come forth. How many, how many bags do you need? <laughs> lining up customers. Taking pre-orders. Right? Where can I put all these crops that come in? Let me talk to Giant. Let me talk to all these grocery stores. Let me talk to all these, uh, all these producers. Let me talk to all these sellers. How many bags do you need? How many, how many, how many do you need? He's out there. He's waiting in expectation, but he's waiting in expectation by demonstrating preparation. We demonstrate our expectation by our preparation. I expected God to move today and so I was I was preparing I was preparing that God will bring a word to you and his word will burst into your heart and will bring a blessing to you so while we are waiting God says be in preparation preparation be in expectation of what he's about to do are you expecting what God will do in your life or you've allowed your, 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 your problems to change your view. Don't allow your problems to change the view of your life. Don't allow the problems to dictate who you are. You are a child of God. Chosen by God. You're no longer a slave to fear. Don't let fear of what hasn't happened or the miserable hard time that happened in your past choke your life out of what God is about to do in your life. Oh, look at what the psalmist David tells us. Psalm 130 verse 5, he says what? I wait expectantly, trust him. Stop. You just, you just don't sit down and say, it is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. I don't know what tomorrow helps, so, but you wait expectantly, trust him. The word trust means that you have an inner assurance that something good will happen. You don't know how, you may not know when, but you are trusting that it's going to be good. It's going to be what? <laughs> I wait expectantly trusting God to do what? Help! For he has what? Promise. You see what's happening? You're not just putting your hand in between your legs and says, oh, it's better, it's better, it's better, it's better, it's better. 
cry if you have to but it gets to some point you tell your weary eyes that i'm going to stop crying because what my laughter will come my joy will come my blessing will come so how we wait how we exercise patience is what we we exercise patience in what expectation of something good oh my lord and god wants that to happen god doesn't want us to live in sorrow all the time it comes from the enemy the enemy wants us to be sad be discouraged be disappointed be mad be afraid that is the that, that is the fruit of the evil spirit when the devil comes in and puts a cold blanket on you you gotta shake up the blues shake up the doubt shake up the fear hello 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 you gotta shake it off shake it off that's not my portion my past is not my present my present is not my future this god is doing something i'm always on the move i'm always on the move glory to god something good is happening to me my past is not my present my present is never my future glory to god i may have failed in the past but i'm not a failure don't wear that as a t-shirt don't wear your past your pain your sorrow even your own mistakes your own faults don't wear it don't wear it glory to god as your identity that's not that's not your past your past your past because affliction will not strike twice as a child of god i wait expectantly trusting god to help me hey yeah 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 Jesus waited for 30 years to begin his ministry. And so he had 30 years of preparation. But guess what? Three years after that, he accomplished more in three years than he did in 30 years. You accomplished more for the rest of your life than you have in the years that have gone past. Look at what Isaiah, Prophet Isaiah tells us, Isaiah 49, 23. <laughs> God is speaking. Hello. Somebody take this this week. And will you put that on your Facebook page? Put that. Amen. Uh, something on your WhatsApp page. Take this verse. Put it on your refrigerator door somewhere. God is speaking to you. You want to hear a voice of God? You want to hear a voice of God? This is the voice of God. Isaiah 49, 23. God is speaking. Read that with me. Read that with me. Amen. You will know that I am the Lord. And no one who waits for my help will be disappointed. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Somebody clap for Jesus. Somebody, somebody. Glory, your disappointment has given away. Your sadness has gone away. Glory to Almighty God. Who, no one who waits for me. No one who is patiently enduring. You will know that I'm the Lord. And the God who comes through, the God who makes a way, the God who's worth the wait. He is worth the wait. Is the Lord speaking to somebody today? Glory, you say, Pastor Mike. My bank account is empty. It will not stay empty all the time. You will not be disappointed. God will not let you down. God will not let you down. Glory to Almighty God. His promises shall come to pass. Amen, 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 amen. So you got to wait in expectation. Also, how do I wait? You also wait quietly. <laughs> you wait quietly. Say that with me. You wait what? Now, life and, 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 and death are in the power of the tongue. You see, your words control your emotions. Your emotions drive your actions. So what you say can become a fulfilled prophecy in your life. You say, I'm afraid. If you keep saying, I'm afraid, it will get to your emotions. You will start feeling fear and you act on those fear by not doing something that you ought to be doing. <laughs> 
why because you said it and so look at what James tells us James 5 9 he says what you're going through a hard time right now he's talking to people who are being persecuted lied on butchered being tortured they put cold tar on God's people and they just light them up I mean being a Christian in James time when he wrote this was suicide so he's telling them verse 9 do not complain against one another my friends so that god will not judge you the judge is near ready to appear he says don't grumble i know your marriage is not good your your, your family situation is not the best your finances are really really being under pressure your health is not good but stop complaining listen it says it is hard to be quiet when you are frustrated because as humans when we are frustrated we want everybody to know it we pick up the phone we tell our friends we tell our parents we tell our loved ones everybody know we want to grumble we want to mumble we want to moan we want to complain but James is saying don't do that don't do that life is in the power of the tongue God is in control that's not the end of the matter you are causing the Holy Spirit to walk over time filling your heart with hope with joy with peace with faith with patience with endurance and so stop stop complaining don't glorify the devil don't find the flame of what the enemy is doing in your life quit complaining about your difficult situation glory to God you ought to wait quietly wait quietly if you must complain complain to who God because the people you are telling can help you in the first place. You are making yourself more miserable. And you are allowing the enemy to tell you how horrible your life is, how sad and miserable you are, how people are getting ahead and you're not getting ahead. It is blurring your vision, blurring your faith, confusing your life. And God is saying, don't to wait on the Lord, wait in expectation and wait quietly, wait quietly. This portion of scripture in the New English Bible says, Don't blame your troubles on other people. It's my husband, it's my wife, it's my kids, it's the economy, it's my job, it's my job. And sometimes we think that when we blame people, we'll feel better about it. But you, you don't feel better about it. You have just elevated the people as your God. You have put them over your head that they have control to mess up your life. You have now made yourself small and made them bigger. How are you supposed to feel better when you're blaming people for hurting you? They did hurt you, but they don't deserve for you to be thinking about them and talking about them. You leave them to God and you move on. They are not in control of your life. Don't put them in charge of your life. Don't complain against one another. <laughs> you, 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 you. You're not waiting on God when you are rehearsing the hurt. Your healing doesn't come when you are talking about your pain. After a while, that's it. I don't talk about my financial situation anymore. I am waiting on my victory. I don't talk about my sickness anymore. I am counting on God for my healing. Glory to God. Oh, faith is the evidence of things not seen, the assurance of things hopeful. And you wait quietly upon the Lord. Oh, look at what uh, Prophet Jeremiah, who lived at a season, a time in a life where God's people were decimated. The strong men and the boys were all taken to Babylon as slaves. 
the temple of the Lord was burned was fire, fire all the way in Israel. They had come and looted them. They, 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 they come and looted. There was a war that went on, looted. Oh, it, it, it was a desolate. Wild animals was roaming down the streets of Israel. Here's what God inspired the weeping prophet Jeremiah to tell his people. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Tell them to stop wailing. Tell them to stop talking about their problems. Tell them to start rehearsing everything that I've lost. Tell them to stop talking about all the evil that's done for them. And let them wait quietly for their deliverance. Wait quietly for their breakthrough. Set their eyes on a better day coming. Set their eyes when they will live in the land that I gave to them. Their children will come back from Babylon, from captivity. Yes, 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 yes. There will still be hustle and bustle and children running the streets of Jerusalem. There will still be the temple where the voice and the prayer of God will still be ringing. Tell them to wait for the salvation of the Lord. Glory to Almighty God. You exercise patience by waiting quietly. Somebody asks you, Oh, how's your situation? How's your job? How's your health? How's your husband? How's that marriage? They are itching to find out how terrible things are. You say, It is what? Well. It is what? Tell somebody. It is what? It is what? How are your kids? Oh, how are your kids? I heard that they are stubborn kids. How are your kids? It is what? <laughs> Yo! It is what? Oh. Now, you talk to people who can pray with you about what the situation is, but people who are gossipers, who are looking, oh, me too, oh, me too, oh, me too. The man that I live with, oh, he's this, he's this, he's a drunkard, he's a miser, the woman is this, the children are this, oh. When they come to you, you shut it down, you say, it is what? Shut, shut down the gossip. Shut it down. Because you are waiting on God quietly. <laughs> is this good wisdom? <laughs> Why is that? Why should you wait quietly before the Lord? Let me tell you how God operates. If, because God is waiting for... Things, it's not that God's hand is short to save. It's not that God... It's a miser. He doesn't want to bless you right away. Because some people right now, if God gave you everything you wanted right now, it will be a curse and not a blessing to you. The ground is not ready. Right? And God will give it to you as needed. That's why your doctor doesn't write medication for you and tell you to just take the whole bottle pill one day. Your disease will get worse. You're going to die. Right? Slow release. Take it for one week. <laughs> Some of you are nurses. You know what I'm talking about. He said, he said I'm not feeling better. We told you to take the medication for 30 days. Are you still taking it? It's only day six. Keep taking the medication. Because if you took all right now, your heart will stop. You're going to get a reaction. Things are not going to go well. <laughs> amen. Yeah, I'm not preaching the summer right now. Here's what God says. The reason you should amen, be, be patient with expectation and wait quietly is this. This is how God operates. Habakkuk 2.3. God has something big coming your way, big coming your way, but understand heavenly wisdom. Read with me. It says, these things I plan won't happen right away. Hello. You say, oh, really? I want it to happen. I want to be a millionaire right now. But Emmanuel is, I want to be a millionaire right now. God is saying, these things that I promised, it won't happen right away. But how is it going to happen? Hear heaven's words. Slowly, steadily, surely. One more time. Slowly, steadily, surely. 
surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled if it seems slow do not despair for these things will surely come to pass just be patient they will not be overdue a single there is a right time for everything and when that right time best foot you're going to say it is good in God's sight but it's going to happen slowly steadily and surely slowly God says it shall come to pass and so be in the place of expectation and when it happens God will oh my Lord, connect all the dots not only are you going to be blessed by God, but you're going to be blessed by God in peace and tranquility. You're going to be in a place of your life where you can enjoy the blessing of God. You're going to be in a station of your life where, amen, the dots are connected. He says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he has no trouble to it. He says that's why you've got to wait quietly and you've got to wait in great expectation. Let me give you one more time. How should I wait? How can I demonstrate oh, patience in the Lord? Amen. The third is this. I should wait confidently. Wait in expectation, wait quietly, wait confidently. And the Bible tells us that Job nevertheless lost his confidence in all these things. Even when his outlook was bad, he looked up. And look at what James tells us. He gives us some insights about Papa Job. James 5.11, it says, You have heard of Job's patience, and you know how the Lord provided for him in the end. For the Lord is full of mercy and compassion. It says the guy was hurting, but he was patient. Another word for patience means confidence. He said, I know my Redeemer lives, and I'll see him face to face. He said, naked I came, naked I shall depart. To God be the glory. He says, even though God is killing me, even though he's allowing these things to happen to me, my children have been murdered. My business is all gone, even though God has allowed, he is killing me, but I, yet I will still trust him. You wait confidently. You wait confidently. <laughs> Look at what the prophet Micah, who prophesied at a difficult time in the life of God's people, tells us. Oh, this message is for somebody. Maybe, oh, the news that is happening in our environment, the stock market and the finances and the job and everything that's going on with COVID still coming around. Maybe you, you just came out of COVID or you know somebody who's got COVID or, or your loved one is going through difficult times and job, finances, marriage, relationships are not going so well either for you or for your loved ones. But understand this, wait on the Lord. And Micah prophesying, uh, the word of God tells us, in Micah 7, 7, it says, As for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me and my God will certainly hear me. That's how you win confidence. My back is hurting. My finances are not where it is. I'm not married. Things are not going well on the job side. But as for me, I'm looking to the Lord. As for me, I'm looking to him for help. As for me, I'm waiting confidently for the Lord for my salvation, my deliverance. And this is what I know. My God, my God, my God, glory, 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 glory will suddenly come through. He won't fail me. He won't let me down. He will not turn. Glory to God. His back on me. For he's an on-time God. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. His promises are yea, amen. Glory to Almighty God. Glory to Almighty God. When should we have extra dose of patience? We ought to have extra dose of patience. When situations are uncontrollable, when people are unchanging, and when problems uh, something we can't explain. Why should we be patient? God is in control. 
He will reward my patience and he's working things out for my good. How do I demonstrate patience? I demonstrate patience by waiting in expectation, waiting confidently and waiting quietly, quietly. Let the enemy wonder, how is it going? How is it going? Let them send the demons to come and spy. And what, listen, whether you are whining or, or, or praying, but you are out there whistling. Let your family members who know that things are not right in your life. Amen. Let them see you smiling. Get out of your house and take a walk. Glory to heck. Oh, mine, oh, mine, oh, mine, oh, mine, oh, mine, oh, mine. Oh, let me close on this note. Look at some. I, I mean, has, has the Lord blessed you today? He says, in all this, in all this, this is the last word. Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> and do what? Wait patiently for him to do what? To act. God is a God of action. He's a God of action. <laughs> He's, oh my Lord. You wait, 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 wait. God will show you something. He says, I will show the world the difference between those who love me and those who do not. He will lift you up from ashes to beauty, from pain to blessing, from difficulty to breakthrough, from sorrow to laughter. Wait for him to act. Somebody rise where you are and give God the praise. Father, I thank you. I thank you for my blessing, Lord. I thank you for your word to them. I thank you that you never fail. I thank you that you will come through for me. And somebody thank God. Thank God. Don't confess your pain. Don't even tell God what you're going through right now. Thank him for his blessing. Thank him for your healing. Thank him for your breakthrough. Thank him for new doors. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Father, I thank you that you are working. I thank you that something good is coming out of this. I thank you that, oh my Lord, a new day is dawning right now. Glory to Almighty God. Oh, your word that is like fire that never returns empty right now. Let it breath fresh in the life of your people. Ignite patience, endurance, the attitude of waiting on you, hoping with expectation, waiting in confidence. Ignite the attitude in the hearts of your people, Lord God Almighty. Waiting quietly, Lord God Almighty. Oh, for you to act, Jesus. You say you do it slowly, steadily, surely. Birth afresh, something new in your life, Lord God. Pipe them, God, my Lord, into a heavenly breakthrough. Something new, something unbelievable, something exciting, something amazing. Let it happen for your people, Lord God. As they are visited with you, at, oh, Lord God Almighty, shake loose, shake loose. Every doubt, every fear, every sadness, every worry, shake loose every discouragement, every disappointment in your hearts, in your minds. Be a lift of head. Let hope arise in hearts and minds right now in the name of Jesus, oh, our God. Give your people, Lord God, the stamina to wait on you to act. And for again in motion in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God Almighty. You say whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we lose, oh, in the name of Jesus, we bind every hardship going on in the life of anybody. We bind every difficulty, bind every evil work, bind, Lord God Almighty, everything that is not of you in the life of your people gathered here right now. Anyone listening to me, oh God, my Lord, everything that is not of God, we bind in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we release the blessing of God. We release the breakthrough of God. We release the mighty power of God to go to work in your people, Lord God. Oh, take them to greater heights, Lord God. Bless your people, mighty God. And fill their heart with patient endurance. That no matter what, no matter what, your people don't give up, don't give in. <laughs> don't retreat to your people, Lord God Almighty. 
give them the spirit of boldness, the spirit of courage, the spirit of endurance, Lord God Almighty. Give them stamina to run and not be weary. Cause them to soar, run, run faster than your legs. Okay? In this season of your life, Lord God Almighty, enable them, equip them, ready them, God, my Lord, Jesus, to hitch, hitch on chariots of the Holy Spirit and oh, take them places they've never been in the name of Jesus. Call them, oh God, my Lord, before influential people. In Jesus' name, oh God, my Lord. You bless your people, mighty God. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Today, I look to you for help. I'm counting on you for my deliverance. Thank you that even when nothing is happening, I know that you are working all things for my good. So I receive the very best from you, Lord. Bless me, Lord. My, my, my health. Bless my finances. Bless my family. Bless my emotions. Bless my job. Bless my family. Bless my generation. Now until I see you face to face, Bless me really good. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you've not received Christ as your Savior, what a great opportunity right now, right now, as you've heard the promises of God, the blessing of God, the power of God manifested in his word for you to come to him. He says he loved us so much that he gave Jesus that whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. Eternal life is the very life of God down in your soul. Open your heart to Jesus right now. Pray this very simple prayer. I prayed this prayer over 40 years ago and many pray this prayer and here at Favorite Life Church every time we gather oh we take that opportunity to recommit our life to Christ and so why don't you do that wherever you are maybe for the first time or a recommitment to Christ that he is your Lord and Savior pray this prayer Jesus I confess that you are the Savior of my life thank you for dying on the cross for my sins today I give you my life take it use it for your glory and for my good oh lord help me love you now to trust you more and to obey you in all my ways so that you be glorified in me from now until my time here is over use me to accomplish your purpose and on the day that i close my eyes to this world jesus i want to be with you in heaven so take me in heaven where you are, so I'll be with you forever. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.